It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code BOOM to get $30 off your first month. That's BOOM. Talkspace.com slash BOOM. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Titans, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Titans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to Locked On Titans, your daily source for all Titans news and information with your host, Terry McCormick of TitanInsider.com, Greg Arias, and former Tennessee Titans All-Pro left tackle Brad Hopkins. Guys, it's Friday. It's uh, also almost Christmas time, and we want to wish everyone listening to the podcast a very Merry Christmas and certainly a Happy New Year to come next week. Brad, Terry, uh, I know you guys uh, echo that thought as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it seems a lot of trying times going on around us, but you know, it's the holidays, man. So tell those that you don't normally get to talk to that you love them and you know, embrace everybody around you because that's what we need right now, man. I know it sounds a little kumbaya-ish, but I think it's well needed right now, this, this crazy time you know, around the holidays. I agree 100%. You know, we need to, you know, be thankful for, you know, the blessings that we have and to uh, – Remember those that are less fortunate than we are and lend a helping hand to people. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. And uh, we've got a special twist for the show today, a holiday edition, if you will, on this Friday as we get set for the Titans game coming up on Saturday and, of course, uh, Christmas Day on Sunday. But before we get into that, guys, current news and uh, in that current news this morning, we start on the injury front where, Terry, the good news is that Derek Morgan returned to practice on Thursday, got in some work, and looks like he will be able to at least give it a go and do something on Saturday in Jacksonville. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday in the locker room, and uh, his first response was, hey, I'm going to play. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> you really want to talk about the injury situation too much. Uh, the ankle that he tweaked uh, in Tuesday's uh, practice that caused him to sit out on Wednesday, but... When it came down to it, Derek Morgan said, hey, I'm playing. So that's probably good news there for the Titans. And they, and the other thing is, on a personal milestone, they'd like to, Derek Morgan would like to get 10 sacks because he's never had 10 sacks in a season. Mm. He'd like to reach double figures, I believe. He's got nine right now. got two games to get one more. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%, Terry. Double digits look so much better than single digits on the season. And the fact that his counterpart, Brian Arakpo, has had a tremendous season having double-digit sacks himself, Shoot, him and Jarrell Casey just shy of double-digit sacks also. And, you know, I think that they take it personal. Remember when Carl Klug was lost to the, uh, for the season, um, you know, a game or two ago, uh, I remember watching Jarrell uh, Casey go over and just kind of hug him when he was on the sideline because he knew. And Jarrell was going through his own injuries at that time. So they're, they're extremely sensitive to one another there in the offensive line, but it's part of the puzzle of them, you know, being successful in controlling both sides of the line of scrimmage this year. And it starts with the pass rush, like with Derek Morgan. And, of course, oh, Exactly. You know, you talked about, you know, how, how good double-digit sacks look. It's like 
the difference in batting 299 and batting 300. So batting 300 just yeah. looks and sounds better than batting 299. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, if you're Derek Morgan, you've been here for a few years. He's in his second contract now with the Titans, and he's been through the bad times, and they're having some good times, and he doesn't want to sit out the good times, and I can't blame him at all for that. <laughs> that, to me, would be a motivating factor. Hey, we got a chance to win and do something that I've never done. I'm not going to miss it. So. Amen. Other news on the injury front. Jason McCourty continues to be a very big question mark in this game coming up this week. Again, Terry, he did not practice on Thursday. The designation for uh, what he will be will come out later on this afternoon. Of course, the Titans traveling on Friday to Jacksonville, so no practice today. Uh, We'll find out later, but I would think uh, just from what we know, he's likely not to play in this ballgame. Yeah, it sure sounds that way. All the signs are kind of pointing toward Derek, toward Jason McCourty not being able to play in this ball game. And you know that may not be the worst thing because if he's not, if he told me that he had uh, you know kind of limited movement, a range of motion in his shoulder with that shoulder and chest injury. So might be better if he just sits this one out, if he's you know far from a hundred percent, and kind of gets ready for the big showdown against the Texans next week. Provided the Titans take care of business uh, tomorrow in Jacksonville. Yeah, you, you know, further that thought, even if you want a, a healthier Jason McCourty, if this team were to be blessed and get into the playoffs, this wouldn't be a bad opportunity right now for him to at least get another week of rehab and, you know, not necessarily the wear and tear of a game taking him a step backwards. So it might be, you know, like you said, kind of a quiet blessing. With two games left, guys, the AFC playoff picture is still a bit up in the air obviously there are a couple of teams that have clinched playoff spots though uh, the seeds are not complete yet however on the NFC side of things the picture starting to clear up a little bit last night the New York Giants lost to Philadelphia 24-19 meaning the Dallas Cowboys capture the east and lock up the number one seed in the playoffs Brad they will have home field advantage throughout in the NFC you know what, the NFC North is, or um, the NFC East is a lot like the AFC South in that kind of got to be a muddled mess there a little bit. Because remember, the Giants were basically the Cowboys' kryptonite, having swept them this year. And they ironically are the team that actually gives the Cowboys the division this year. How crazy is that? Philadelphia and Washington are still, you know, kind of struggling, developing, trying to figure it out. But still, you know, when you talk about just kind of like the the, the, the log jam of teams that are still, like they say, on the big networks in the hunt, um, even though the Giants didn't win it, they're still a dangerous team that could actually get into the playoffs and do some damage if they're taken lightly, you know? Yeah, you know, to me, it's a big deal for this Cowboys team because they rely so much on a young quarterback in Dak Prescott, a young running back in Ezekiel Elliott. And throughout the regular season, it's obviously not been too big for them, but the playoffs are another, another step. And I think it's a big deal for the Cowboys to have home field throughout because that at least puts them in a comfortable environment as they go in the playoffs knowing that the stakes are raised greatly uh, once the playoffs begin. So I think, you know, it was more important to the Cowboys maybe than any other team in the NFC to get that home field advantage because they are playing youngsters at a couple of key positions on offense. Okay, guys, it's time now to jump into our Christmas part of our show and Brad you had the idea so I'm going to let you uh, kick this one off first our Christmas wish list for yourself 
the Titans. This can be a little bit outrageous. We're going to have a little bit of fun with what we want to wish for today. So, Brad, go ahead and take off with that and tell us your wish list for this Christmas holiday season. Um, my wish list, um, can, can we go for the Titans first? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, let's go for the Titans first. My wish list for the Titans would be to simply win the division. I think that when you're listening to the people talking about this program, but even from afar, they're recognizing the multiplicity that this offense has and sometimes how that creates a lot of issues for even the best defenses. So that almost uniqueness is something that I think that the Titans could tap into if they were to get into the playoffs. And all you have to do is win the division to do it. A wild card situation might be, you know, out of the out of the realm of possibility for them because of some other divisions that have two really good teams within them. So um, I just think that if they get to you know wrap that unwrap that Christmas present, that Christmas present being uh, you know to win the division, that'd be excellent, excellent start for the Titans. What about you, Terry? Well, my wish for the Titans in, in terms of what you know their Christmas wish, I think you know I want want two things in their stocking. One, I want a speed receiver, and two, a shutdown corner. They get those two things. It's going to be a very dangerous team for a long, long, long time. Because I think most of the other pieces are already in place, and and a lot of it has arrived ahead of schedule. So if they get those two pieces, this could be a very dangerous football team. Right, one that can challenge for deep and make deep playoff runs over the next five, six years. And not to belabor that point, Terry, but with two first-round draft picks, if John Robinson decides not to trade one of those two, you may get that wish in the first round of the upcoming draft. So uh, certainly that's a, that's a pretty good one. My wish, guys, Brad, you said division title. I'm going to take it one step further. This team to get into the playoffs, if they win the division, they're going to be the number four seed, which means that they will have a – first-round home playoff game. I want a first-round home playoff win. They don't have to go win the Super Bowl. It would be nice. But let's get a home game if you win this division. Win that home game and then have a lot of momentum, guys. I think that would really, especially for the fan base, be huge going into the draft, Terry, where we get that speed receiver in that lockdown corner and then come into training camp next year. Uh, The fan excitement, I think, Brad, would be at a – pitch and pace similar to what we saw maybe not in 1999 but in some of those years uh, after that where there were still high expectations uh, for this team going into season so uh, that's my wish list as far as the titans brad uh, anything for you personally on your wish list absolutely i wish on my christmas list that locked on titans became a nationally recognized source for news and information for the Titans and the NFL. Now, you know what? Make that globally, if this were, since Santa's <laughs> ring. So, just to, you know, we're having fun. We've had a great run at this whole thing, I think, in our first year. It's a tremendous concept. You know, all the Locked On series that have now been created. You know, I want people to recognize more the, the great work that's being done on these networks. Terry? Well, I'm going to take it a different direction. I just want... Uh, my wish list is that uh, you guys and all our listeners have a very merry Christmas and have, you know, and be able to enjoy time with their families and enjoy some football and just uh, be able to relax and look back over what's gone on over this entire year and, and be thankful. Wow, you guys left me in a, in a real hole. Now, how do, how do I compete with either one of those? You guys took the, the absolute best stuff, and, and there's not a lot left for me other than to say, 
what you guys said was perfect, and that's uh, what I wish for, and I want to thank the listeners that have made us the success that we have been so far in our first season here with this Locked on Titans podcast, and we look forward to continuing that and growing in the future, and as Terry said, Best wishes, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. Uh, We certainly want everybody to have uh, a great time and enjoy the family and the holidays and things, even though uh, in the world around us, as Brad said earlier, things are a little bit crazy, but uh, Mm -hmm. love the people around you and have a great time. Uh, That's that's my wish list, guys. So uh, now I guess we need to uh, figure out uh, about this game coming up on Saturday as the Titans have traveled down to Jacksonville. And, guys, when I look at this matchup, it's hard to find a way that Jacksonville can win this football game because, obviously, the Titans have beaten them and thumped them pretty good here in the first meeting. Jacksonville has struggled. Bortles has struggled. They've got all these issues, fired the coach. They've not been very good. So why is it that I have this concern that perhaps Jacksonville might find a way to upset the apple cart and win this game? Probably because you watched the Eagles and the Giants last night. The Eagles with nothing to play for, only defending their home stadium. The Giants with everything to play for, still an outside shot at division titles. And the Eagles were able to come away with the win. When you put division teams together, you know, they know each other so well that uh, anything can happen, and you have to be prepared for that. You have to go in assuming that you're going to get that team's best shot. It's kind of like uh, when you play a rival on the college level. It's kind of like you know an Alabama-Auburn game or a Tennessee-Florida game. You know that you know or USC-UCLA, whatever you want, whatever rivalry you want to throw in there. You know that even though you may be, you know have a lot to play for and the other team may have nothing but pride on the line they may be two and 12 like the jaguars are but you're going to get their best shot you know what um let's just put let's just think about this game a little bit if the jacksonville jaguars played mistake-free football do they have the talent to beat anybody in the league i would say yes and focus is one of the things that might be different for the jacksonville jaguars this week because after having fired Gus bradley there has to be like this almost proverbial release. You know, I'm like, man, we knew that this guy had been talked about getting fired. You know, it's like, man, we knew it was going to happen. It happened. There's going to be some changes, obviously, after the season's over. Let's just go out and play football. So just almost that, like, it doesn't matter at this point. Um, that's the kind of relaxed atmosphere that produces winners. You know, and that's not something that's been um, synonymous with the Jaguars this year because they've had such a stressful season especially when people even guess that they might even win the division this year. I mean, it's just a hard pill to swallow that they didn't even come close to that. So this is a very dangerous team. And the Titans, I think, are very cognizant of that and will probably put, you know, maybe pull out all the stops themselves to show just how serious they are about this whole thing. Matter of fact, what if the Titans got the first tip, uh, you know, won the opening kickoff and just onside kicked it? You know what I mean? I mean, that's a tone setter. That says, hey, look, we're here to play. We're not going to sit back and play a soft zone while you just, you know, tickle our underbelly or whatever. Come on, man. We're going to come out here and punch you in the face and win this ball game, and that's what I think the approach will be. Now, Brad, you've been through this, obviously, playing in the division and playing the, the same teams twice in a year. Can you stick with the same game plan? Will we see the Titans come out and try to do the exact same thing that they did in the first matchup, or perhaps they change it up a little bit? No, why would you do that? you got to go out there and see if they fix whatever that you were exploiting in the first place. You know, if they don't like a right hook, 
and they'd have them learn how to defend it, what are you going to give them? Left hooks? No, I go right back to the right. So they have to show you that they fix whatever you know issues that they have. And also, don't get away from your bread and butter. Trying to recreate who you are now this late in the season, man, it just only creates more opportunities for mistakes. You, know, you don't need that right now. You just need consistency in doing what you do. You've established who you are. There's plenty of tape to, you know, to this point to show your tendencies, et cetera, et cetera. So just go out there, knowing what you can do, and just do it. I don't disagree with that at all. I think you know the Titans have established themselves as so-called exotic smash mouth that uh, has been tossed around and uh, you know branded as the as the team philosophy. It's gotten you this far. You might as well carry it the rest of the way. I agree with that, guys. But here, here's what my thought on this ball game, and not to necessarily change up what you're doing or how you're doing it, but I think the Titans need. Tajay Sharp to step up in this ball game and have not a great game. I'm not saying he's got to have 10 catches and 200 yards and score four touchdowns, but just to be that guy. We've seen the uh, arrival and the improvement of Rashad Matthews growing with this team. Certainly we know about Delaney Walker. We know about the running backs. Jacksonville's going to be looking at those guys, and I think if Sharp can step up and have five, six, seven catches, give them 80 yards, maybe a touchdown to force another element, another weapon in this Titans offense. I think that would be huge in this game and moving forward into the hopefully playoffs in the future and certainly coming up next week against the Texans, guys. Yeah, certainly. I mean, answer the bell. Yeah, I'm just saying, Terry, answer the bell when your number's called. Just like Greg said, you know, they're going to be covering those those threats that have usually been productive for the Titans offense. And when Marcus Mariota calls your number and he throws you a pass, you know, be productive with it. You know, that shows a lot more versatility in that offense, and that's just basically doing your job. Wouldn't you say, Terry? I agree. I agree. I'd put Kendall Wright in that same boat. I think, uh, you know, it's been a while since Kendall has surfaced. He did have a catch or two last week that uh, helped out after he returned from his one-game uh, suspension. But I think that's another guy that, uh, when his number's called, he needs to step up and make a big play or two that uh, might be the difference in the outcome of the ball game. On the defensive side of things, guys, this comes down to, to, for me, the secondary. They did a great job in the first matchup against Jacksonville early in the game. Now, Blake Bortles did throw for over 300 yards, but he had the majority of that in the fourth quarter when this game was decided. Another effort like that, at least through the first three quarters, get yourself the lead. And then if he throws for 150 or 200 yards in the fourth quarter trying to come back, you know, Okay, so what? I think it falls on the secondary for me because we know the up-front guys are going to be able to do what they do, stop the run, provide pressure on the quarterback. Those guys in the back end have to hold up at least through the majority of the football game so that Jacksonville doesn't build confidence that they can move the football and throw on this Titans team. I agree with that, and I, but I think that the emphasis early may need to be on the pass rush because – Bortles has had a penchant this year to throw interceptions. He's had some return for touchdowns. I think if you're the Titans, you rattle Blake Bortles early. The book on him is you get it, you get him out of rhythm. He has, you know, his mechanics can get off. We saw it in the first meeting. You get this guy rattled, let him make a mistake or two, take advantage of that. Then, you know, if the score gets to be 17 nothing, 20 to nothing, then you can start running the football, chewing the clock on offense and in defense settle back more into your zone and let him have the underneath yards. Let him, you know, chew up the clock with six-yard passes and that sort of thing. doesn't matter if he gets 300 yards, just like in the first game. You've already got the big cushion out there. That's kind of been the book on the Jaguars this year. Yeah, I think that basically when you look at what Terry, what Greg was saying about 
this defense being opportunistic, Blake Bortles is going to put the ball in the air. And he's going to put the ball in the air for anybody to grab. And, you know, more times than not, it's happened where the defense has gotten their hands on balls. And I think that this is a neat weekend, like the last two weekends that we've seen the Tennessee Titans, to really contribute by um, winning the plus-minus battle. Okay, guys, it's that time. Time for our predictions. Who wins the game on Saturday and why? And your score, Brad, take it away. Well, I'm not saying this is going to be playoff atmosphere for the Jags by any stretch, but it is a home game, and there are changes abounding. You know, So maybe they want to see just how this team finishes, if there's any fight to them, if there's any pride to them. You know, I'm at this point second-guessing and saying probably not. It's been a long year, and there are a lot of guys just – Ready to go on vacation at this point. Um, Jack or, uh, Tennessee has something to play for. Matter of fact, has a lot to play for. This is the best that this team has even felt about itself in almost a decade. So, you know, here we go. We're down to Jacksonville yet again, a scenario that's very familiar with this franchise. You have to win a ball game and continue your hopes of getting to the playoffs. So I don't see them losing that focus. Give me the Tennessee Titans 24-17. to Terry? Yeah, I think, you know, this is a game that the Titans simply cannot afford to, uh, you know, let the Jaguars have life early. I think they're going to have to uh, get out on them and uh, get a lead and take care of business. I-, I like the Titans to take care of business in this one. I think the Jaguars are in disarray. I think what you have to do to the Titans is deliver that knockout punch, and I think they will. I'm going to go big. I'm going to say Titans 28, Jaguars 13. Mm. That's pretty big. I've got the Titans in this one, uh, even though I feel like Jacksonville certainly has something to play for in the fact that they're still pride. Obviously, their season has not gone well. Uh, they've just fired their coach. They've got an interim coach that stepped in. That can only carry you so far. I think Jacksonville comes out in this game. I think they play a good quarter. I think they keep it close in the first. I think the Titans then will take over this game in the second quarter and be able to do what they do, which is run the football on offense, pass the football around. I think guys will come in ready to play in this one. I think the defense does a good job. I'm going to take the Titans in this one, guys, and I'm going to take 28-7. to I'm going even bigger than Terry here. I think Jacksonville gets an early touchdown in the first, but after that it's pretty much all Titans. They take care of business and set up this winner-take-all scenario, if Houston can hold down their end of the bargain and get a win on Sunday to come in with these two teams tied uh, on uh, January 1st. Am I crazy? One thing has absolutely nothing to do with the other. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, guys, it has uh, been a great week. It has been a great year to this point. I want to say thank you, Brad, Terry, for all you've done with me. This uh, show has been a lot of fun to do so far this year. Uh, really appreciate the, the hard work and the effort and uh, looking forward to the game this weekend. I want you guys and your families to have a very Merry Christmas. We'll say Happy New Year to you guys next week, but to our listeners, Merry Christmas. Have a great time. Enjoy your family and friends. Guys, any final thoughts on that? Hey, wouldn't Locked on Titans wouldn't Locked on Titans in January be fabulous? Let's cross our fingers. Well, we're going to get some January. Let's hope we get a lot nah, of January. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, to all our listeners, thank you so much. Have a merry, merry Christmas. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy the games this weekend. And we will see you next week here on Locked on Titans. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.